0: I found 1212 right after I miscarried our first baby, and I got connected with them. And before 1212, I felt very alone. After I got connected with the podcasts and the small groups, I had people to come alongside with me in this journey that I'm on.
1: Impact stories like this one are only made possible by donors like you. To donate to 1212 Ministries, text the word 12 to 345-345. Thanks so much for partnering with us. Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome to the Purpose Beyond Motherhood podcast. My name is Nicole and I'm your host, and I am so grateful that you are here today. We are throwing it back to our most listened to episode of the podcast, and it's with my homegirl, Holly Perkowski. Holly is such an amazing woman. She loves the Lord, loves her family, loves encouraging women. And so we are just talking about her story Um, and how we can find hope in the Lord when we just go through things and also having a grateful heart. I hope you enjoy this episode with Holly Perkowski.
2: story and just how she persevered, how she continued to, to hang on to God's word and hang on to his goodness. It is just such a beautiful testimony. And so, Holly, I'm going to share just a couple of Bible verses, and then I'm going to get out of the way and, and just let you share. Yes, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> and so Hebrews 11:1 says, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for. The proof of what is not seen. In Romans 8.28, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And James 1.3, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Okay, Holly, please tell everyone about you and your precious family. Yes.
0: Okay, so <laughs> I grew up in the Dallas Fort Worth area um, my whole life. Um, Christian home, great parents. You mentioned my mom. She's a tiny little powerhouse for Jesus. Um, I have an older brother. He's also still in the area with a sweet wife, um, and they have a little boy named Merrick. Um, and my husband
2: and I met. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Nicole. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I can hear you. Okay. It just flashed and said my internet connection was, it said my connection was (laughs) unstable. I was like, okay, well, (laughs) um, okay. So yes, I met my sweet husband when I was 19 while attending Baylor. Um, and we started dating then and we dated for about two years, I think, and then got engaged the summer before my senior year of college, and then got married the end of July, like right after two months after I graduated from Baylor. Um, and so my husband is awesome. He has all the the qualities and things that I don't have that I need. Um, (laughs) and he's actually from St. Louis. Um, but he played football at Baylor and, um, It's kind of crazy. He was a fifth year when I was a sophomore, when we started dating. Um, And so technically he like really shouldn't have even still been there, but I'm so thankful that the Lord used football to keep him there longer. So I got to date him and then marry him. Um, But we have a 11 or well, almost 11 month old baby girl um, named Kenley, um, who is really the whole reason why we're even talking right now. Yes, Um, I know. So Holly, that's just a very
2: brief, um, just a a quick little intro. And so like, like I mentioned before, you know, how we kind of just connected, you know, on that uh, stories of infertility and loss. And I just would love for you to share your story with everyone.
0: Yes. Okay. So I actually, um, had to type this out because I could not remember all of the things that we did. Um, and it was quite a, it was quite a, my, like a journey in my mind to just remember all of the things that we did to get to this point. Um, so we started all of this in 2013, um, was actually when I quit taking birth control and we were just like, whatever. Um, so stopped at the end of 2013. So then I think we just did like timed intercourse, all the fun things that really just challenge everyone. Um, but my OB after a year of all of that, I believe she was like, okay, something is something's up. Um, Mm -hmm. so we did an HSG, blood work, ultrasounds, um, everything they did everything they did came back normal. There was nothing that they could find that was wrong or, um, that was that like flagged their attention, nothing like that. So that was probably the most frustrating part for me. Um, in the beginning was I was like, they're going to find, like they're going to find what it is. It's just a level that they need to adjust or a hormone that's imbalanced. Um, so I, after all of those things came back as normal, she was like, "Okay, we're gonna try Clomed and Famara. Well, first Clomed, and I hated Clomed. Um, it made me like not very nice, <laughs> yeah. and I had a lot of hot flashes. Um, but random fact: my mom actually took Clomed to have me. She only took it for one month. I'm like, must be nice. Took it for <laughs> one month, and here I am, Clomed baby. So I did those drugs for about six months, Clomed and Famara." Um, And then after those did not do anything, I uh, went to my first fertility doctor in South Lake because I was working for our, I worked for Gateway Church for a few years. That's actually where we go. Um, And so I was like, well, it'd be much more convenient if I just saw a doctor right by my work. Um, So I did that. We did two IUIs there at an office there. Um, Both of those failed and they were with injectables. And then I switched doctors, I think in like this November, uh, this would be November of 2016, I want to say. Um, and he, uh, am I allowed to say my doctor or is that not?
2: No, you can. Yeah, totally appeal. So my doctor, we are keeping it so real today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I just, I don't know what's okay. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Um, So I switched to seeing Dr. Chantillis at DFW Fertility in Dallas. Um, And he was wonderful. He like really spent the time to talk through everything with us and didn't make me feel like a a weirdo. Um, So he wanted the chance to do an IUI with us before we did anything else. So we did one IUI with him um, and that one failed. And so then he was like, I want to, I want to see what's going on in there. So I did a laparoscopy in 2017 with him and he found mild to moderate endometriosis, um, which was kind of a relief to me. I was like, okay, that's what it was. Lord, like, well, you go, we got this. We're going to get pregnant like quickly after this. Um, and so we tried for, I wanted to give my body time, um, So, we tried for a year after that with like timed intercourse, ovulation tests, which, still, when I see ovulation tests, I want to like light them on fire. (laughs) Um, And so, after a year, we went back, met with him for another consult to just kind of get a game plan. And we started the IVF process in January of 2018. Um, So, all the shots, I think my husband counted all the injections, it was like over 200. Um, wow. so we did our egg retrieval in February. Um, our first transfer we did in March of 2018. And unfortunately that baby, um, went to be with the Lord. I miscarried at 11 weeks. The I found out the Friday before mother's day. Mm. Um, oh. and so that was And my in-laws were here. We were going to have a gender reveal. I mean, all of that is just like super depressing to, um, like let my mind go back there. But we, so after we lost that sweet baby and we knew it was a girl, um, we actually took a five month break because I was like, I just really need to give my body time. Um, and so after five months, we went on a trip. We had scheduled our baby moon to Hawaii, which,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I mean, hindsight is 2020. So that would have been a terrible baby moon because it was very active. Like we did a lot of hiking. Um, like I'm actually, I would have been really paranoid if I was pregnant and not wanted to do any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that trip actually ended up being exactly what my heart didn't know I needed, um, just time to get away and just be with my husband. And um, we will have been married is it nine years, nine years in July. Um, and so we were like, we'll just make it. It was the trip was in August. We're like, it's kind of like an anniversary trip <laughs> or another honeymoon. Um, so then, fast forward after that trip, October rolls around and we decide to do our second transfer. Um, and that one worked. And it was actually really sweet. The day of our transfer, it had been 10 years to the day that we had started dating,
2: um,
0: which was kind of sweet. I just I feel like when things like that happen, I'm like, thank you, Lord, for just letting me know that you like see me and the little things. Um, And so she. um, I can't believe she's about to be 11 months old. But that is. She's currently sleeping in her little crib, but we've got almost an 11 month old now um, with our sweet little miracle girl that started out in a lab, <laughs> just hanging out in a cryo
2: tank for a little bit. But that's 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 our story. Thank you so much for sharing. And Holly, what what do you think the hardest part of that season was?
0: Oh girl, even this morning, just like praying before we did this um podcast together I still get super emotional just allowing my heart and my mind to go back to that like place that like pit in your stomach feeling that infertility or anything difficult really causes you to feel um I think the hardest part for me was not comparing my story to someone else um And you have all these very well-intentioned people, and I even do this, of like you meet someone going through infertility or some difficult diagnosis, and you're like, well, my friend's sister's niece's aunt's cousin, she miscarried, and then she did another transfer, and then she got pregnant naturally. I mean, I think the hardest part was just allowing myself to realize, number one, I'm not the first person that's going through this. Mm -hmm. And number two, that just because my journey looks different doesn't mean that the Lord's not going to show up, even if I feel like I'm tugging at the hem of his <laughs> robe and he's not listening to me. Or, um, I think comparison and then not allowing myself to feel alone. Um, because I think the enemy really has a heyday with infertility and making women feel like, all these other women are on a fancy yacht with their babies <laughs> with like wind blown pretty hair and like bejeweled whatever and then you're over here like sitting by yourself um just feeling like like you don't fit in yeah. um so I think those those were the hardest things comparison and isolation of just i mean all of our friends have most of our friends have two kids um my husband's a few years older than me, and all of his um friends have had babies. And so I even think as I realized we were the like last man standing, so to speak, um, I kind of like, I was like, Lord, if, if this is going to be part of our story, I'm going to need a minute to like brace myself. Um, cause it's just not what I thought things were going to look like. So
2: yeah, yeah that yeah. was the heart. I think all of yeah, that stuff that was a hard. And how did you just continue to have faith during that? You know, uh, my husband was an
0: incredible asset to me. Um, makes me get emotional talking about it, but you can't see my face, which is kind of good because nobody likes an ugly cry. Um, you know, my husband made me this document early on that had every woman in the Bible that walked through infertility and they were all like powerhouses for the Lord. Um, Not that that made the pain of what I was going through easier, but it made me not feel like a freak in a weird way. It was like, this is not like infertility is not a new thing. Mm -hmm. It's just been a little bit more silenced. Um, So my husband uh, was a huge asset and just encouraged me, encouraging me and the fact that the Lord like saw us, he saw our struggle. um, And then just encouraging me that the Lord had come through for other women um like thousands of years before we had ever started this journey um i definitely had good and bad days where i would journal some like i was like feeling super like amped up and ready to take on this um battle i guess you could call it and then i would have other days where i would journal some really aggressive things to the lord i was pretty angry after our miscarriage um and i think I think it's okay to bring that before. I mean, the Lord already knows you're feeling it. Um, so I think just allowing, allowing yourself to realize you're going to have good days where you're like feeling really full and ready to take it on. And then other days where you're feeling like you would just like sit in a pile of Mm -hmm. sadness. Um, I think one of the, I don't know who preached this, but someone preached about just difficult things and how they, would let themselves feel all the things, but not camp out in them. So yeah. it's okay to like have the days where you're like, this is awful. And then have the days where you're like, this is awful, but I need to keep going. Like I need to fight for my family. Um, I so just staying in the word, having an encouraging husband, being really <laughs> honest in my journaling. Um, and I also, the devotional that Caroline uh, Harry's wrote in due time, Oh yes. Yeah. That, that is like that thing, that book really, really helped me. Um, and I actually have gone through it. I think I'm going through it again. Um, because I just love it and I've given it to so many women. Um, but that was another really great resource.
2: So good. Holly, can you just take a moment and just, you know, to talk with that person who is maybe walking through infertility or they are walking through loss and their faith is wavering. You know, they are just exhausted and they don't have much left. Yes. Um, To that sweet girl,
0: I would say I, number one, I'm so sorry that you're having to go through this and I really feel like saying I'm sorry to someone going through it is the best thing to say instead of some really great advice that you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um but I think just keeping your mindset on the fact that you are not alone um that you can cry out to the Lord whatever that looks like and that he will answer. Um something that really helped me also was to keep my mindset on the next steps that I could take. So I think having a plan of action, whether it's meeting with a social worker to start the adoption process, meeting with a fertility doctor to get a game plan. Um, I think when you don't have like a plan in place with fertility, you just feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Um, and I, I think taking this journey in fragments is the best advice that I could give someone. Um, just like, okay, this this console is our next step or this meeting is our next step. Um, just just realizing that you're not, there is, there's not um, darkness at the end of this tunnel. You have to choose to see the light in it and choose to decide to have this plan of seeking fertility treatment or if the Lord has placed adoption on your heart. Um, I just really think allowing the Lord to speak to you through the difficulty of it and just getting alone with the Lord, even if it looks like you're bawling on the floor for a minute. That's okay. Like he can take it. Um, I think if you allow yourself to just get in this shell of isolation um, that you're going to feel defeated. So I think staying in the word, being honest with the Lord, um, remembering that he has a plan in this, even if it doesn't look exactly like what you thought.
2: Beautiful. Holly, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing today. So tell everybody really quick, how can they find you online or on your socials? Yes, um,
0: I, I mean, I don't, I, my Instagram handle is at hpiork, which my last name is a little bit difficult, but it's hpiork. Um, and I'm really, I mean, I'm on Facebook too under Holly Perkowski, but Instagram is more of my favorite. <laughs>
2: And we will include those links for, for sure in the show notes. But Holly, I have your final two because this podcast is all about Matthew 5 16 and letting our light shine for the Lord. And I believe that God uses our story to change the world. So, how did your puzzle pieces lead you to where you are today?
0: You know, if you would have asked me when I was 19 or when I just, when we were very first married, what I thought things would look like for us, um, in having a baby, I would not have thought it would include this, but in the weirdest way, I've been thankful for the growth that has happened from it. Um, I've never had to test the roots of what I believe more than in this journey. Um, so even though it included loss and difficulty and just crying out to the Lord, um I'm thankful for each piece of this puzzle that we've experienced. And I know that we will meet our sweet little girl that's in heaven um, someday. And I know she's getting the best possible
2: care, best care possible um, right now that even beyond what I could give her. Oh man. That's so good. And I just think that you do such an amazing job at shining bright and not hiding your light for the kingdom. Have you always been that way? And what can you share with us just to encourage us and help us?
0: Um, my husband jokes that I, we've always kind of joked that I live in this like bubble of happiness and that like bad things don't happen in the world, which is not true, but mm-hmm. I just um choose to live with a positive mindset Um I don't know if y'all have done Strengths Finder, if that's ever been mentioned on here, but I have positivity in my top five, <laughs> which has been extremely helpful um, in this journey. And I think, I think if you allow your heart to really open to the Lord, that He's going to shine through you regardless of how dark the situation is. Um, I actually, this is something I meant to mention earlier, but I think daily making it a priority even if it's just like a couple minutes of just spending that time with the Lord, which I have not been great at lately with just how crazy the world's been. Um, But I made this thing in our office of these declarations um, that I would read out loud with the corresponding verse that just would talk about the faithfulness of God, how he blesses us under trial, how he fulfills our hearts, desires that he's a good father that'll restore what the enemy has tried to steal. I would read those out loud with the verse, even with tears streaming down my face, um, to just kind of really impress that truth upon my own heart and my own mind so that I could remind myself when the enemy tried to just use the same circulation of lies um, that I would have something to battle them with. So I think a positive mindset and then just finding the verse to combat the lie the enemy is trying to dangle in front of your face. Yeah. Holly,
2: thank you. Appreciate you so much. You are so great. Bless you. Bless you for (laughs) having me speak on
0: here when I don't have a clue what I'm doing.